Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio, another true story from True Story FM. I'm your host, Megan Strand with Engage for Good. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com. This episode is brought to you by Submittable, a cloud-based submission management platform that makes it easy to accept, review, and select any kind of content, ranging from requests for donations, scholarships, and grants, to managing employee volunteerism forms, fellowships, and job applications. Learn more at submittable.com forward slash EFG. We're back with another special edition of Cause Talk Radio in which we feature a deep dive conversation with one of this year's Halo Award winners. This episode features a double Halo Award winner, winning gold for the disaster prevention and relief category and winning silver in the employee engagement category is an effort called Creating Grief Ambassadors, a partnership between New York Life and First Book. I'm joined today by Maria Collins, VP of the New York Life Foundation, and Keisha Dimbo, Senior Vice President of Strategic Alliances for First Book, to talk about their award-winning effort that focuses on childhood bereavement and how they're working together to support children and families when tragedy strikes. Well, hello, Maria and Keisha. Welcome to Cause Talk Radio. Hi, Megan. Thanks for having us. I'm so happy to have you here. Congratulations on your multiple Halo Award wins. Very exciting. For those of you who joined the virtual conference, you probably saw Maria doing a little spotlight on this particular uh, partnership. So welcome, welcome. Would you start us off today? Maybe, Maria, you could kick us off here. Tell us who you are and what you do at New York Life. Happy to. My name is Maria Collins. I'm the Vice President of the New York Life Foundation and Corporate Vice President of New York Life. And I oversee um, our bereavement strategy and grant making and partnership. Amazing. And how about you, Keisha? Who, who are you and what do you do with First Book? My name is Keisha Green Dimbo. I am the Senior Vice President of Strategic Alliances for First Book. Um, we're a national nonprofit who believes that education offers children the best path out of poverty. And uh, my team works with corporate and philanthropic partners to remove barriers to educational equity for kids in need. Fantastic. Well, thank you both for that little intro. So Maria, maybe you could kick us off today uh, talking about this program a little bit more. How and maybe when did New York Life first get started with childhood bereavement as a focus area? It's not something that you hear every day. No, I wouldn't say it's a sexy uh, topic area. But over a decade, we were actually introduced um, to a bereavement camp. And we saw perfect alignment as a life insurance company because we are in the business of providing support, financial support, when someone dies. So since that time, over a decade ago, we have started to invest in bereavement, childhood bereavement. We've invested over $50 million, but that doesn't end our story. I have to say that we're really an active partner in trying to understand the issue and what resources and tools are needed for the field to address this. Because one in 14 children will lose a parent or sibling by the age of 18, and that number doubles by the age of 25. That is fascinating. And I I do agree with you that I don't think it's a sexy topic, but I think it's one of the reasons that it makes it stand out because it's the perfect fit for New York life. It's an unmet, unaddressed 
need for the most part. Um, so I love that you guys are, are tackling this. So Keisha, when did your partnership with New York Life first begin? And was it always centered around childhood bereavement? Our partnership uh, with New York Life Foundation began in fall of 2018. And our goal at that time was to increase access to bereavement books and resources among educators um, in underserved communities. So we focus on kids in need. And one of the things that we find is that they do experience grief and trauma at a significantly higher rate than other children. Um, so again, this non-sexy topic is one that is really pertinent, um, to this particular group of children and ed- educators. Um, well, Maria, the other thing that stood out to me about this campaign is you've done a lot of work and you've done a lot of research, um, at New York Life about this issue. So can you talk a little bit about why that was important to you in creating a new social impact program and then maybe what you've learned over the years about childhood bereavement and how you can kind of fit in and what the best role is for New York Life? One, I think research really provides us with information on where the gaps are. It also educates us on what the issues are. And what we found, one, is that children that are not supported, that lose a parent by death, are at higher risk for social withdrawal, for academic performance, And potentially, again, if not supported, higher risk of drug misuse, suicide, depression. When you think about that and the gaps that we found of not having the resources, we knew that we were able to address them through partnership. And the research really led to that. Because we've done many, as you said, many research and evaluations on childhood bereavement. And one of our biggest ones was with the AFT, the American Federation of Teachers. And we found that schools were not equipped to support grieving students, not because they didn't want to, because they, because of lack of training, because only 7% of educators had training, and resources, free accessible resources. And New York Life has been working to provide that. That's why our partnership with First Book is so important. Interesting. So Keisha, it turns out that books and educators are pretty important, as Maria has just talked about, um, when a child experiences grief or trauma. So could you talk a little bit about First Book's role in creating content and maybe curating content for both teachers and students? Like, which of those things did you do? And just talk a little bit about more about that Um, that books and educators piece, if you would. Absolutely. As Maria said, uh, educators really do play a pivotal role in the lives of their students, especially in critical times, like when they're dealing with the loss of a family member or a school official or a friend. Um, Also for students who are in temporary housing or those who are experiencing issues related to poverty, school is very stabilizing for them. So that puts educators in the role where they really do want to be able to effectively support the lives of the kids and essentially the families that they serve as well. So we were able to work with New York Life um, to develop resources that are specifically um, targeted to that specific issue. And so in order to do that, we have a division that we call the Accelerator. And the idea behind the Accelerator is that traditionally, 
it takes years for research to go from the university or from thought leaders or from experts to actually get into the hands of educators in a way that is actionable and really usable, usable and also meaningful in their particular settings. So through the accelerator, our goal is to dramatically shrink that time. In order to do that, we um, begin with research, just in the same way that Maria was saying, we begin with research. We have a community of over 475,000 educators, so we survey them. We have focus groups with educators from across the country and get very in-depth. And because we've reached one out of every three programs that serve kids in need, we are able to gain an extremely solid and representative understanding through the research. Um, we then seek out experts. We go to national thought leaders, leading academics, in-classroom practitioners um, who have experienced successful outcomes to help us create resources that support our members. Then we pull that all together to develop content and present that content in a way that's actionable for educators and students. So this can be in a form of discussion guides. It can be a toolkit, video series. We've done workshops. Um, so all those things together. The other thing that we're able to do is we have really expert curators, buyers um, at First Book who, again, use their clear understanding of the network to identify the appropriate resources, uh, again, for a particular age group, for a particular setting, for a particular issue. This episode is brought to you by Submittable, a cloud-based submission management platform that makes it easy to accept, review, and select any kind of content, ranging from requests for donation, scholarship, and grants, to managing employee volunteers and forms, fellowships, and job applications. I caught up with Submittable's product marketing manager, Natalia de Robertis Thai, to learn how they're using their product to help organizations of all sizes improve their own inclusivity practices and reduce bias. Because of the nature of our software, we're really uniquely positioned to help so like thousands or thousands of customers integrate better inclusivity into all kinds of opportunities that they're launching. So from grants and corporate giving programs to scholarships and fellowships to publications, uh, we're providing better resources and making them easier to find for our customers to eliminate bias in their processes and make sure that they're incorporating inclusive practices. Learn more about Submittable and get seven key strategies for integrating inclusivity into your submission and application processes at submittable.com forward slash EFG. This is one of those campaigns that when you first look at it, you're like, wait, how does this all work? And then when you hear it, you're like, oh my gosh, that makes total sense. And it's just, I think it's just a lack of knowledge about what the issue is and how complex it is and what teachers need and what kids need. So um, the more you guys talk, the more it just makes more and more and more sense. So I, I love it. Um, Maria, we you talk a little bit about the Grief Sensitive Schools initiatives and how you involve New York Life agents in schools. Um, sure. For those who don't know about our Grief Sensitive Schools initiative, it is an initiative that really provides free, accessible resources to all school communities. And school community agrees to be grief sensitive. We do provide them with a small grant. And how we do that is two ways. It's all about really local connection. 
we train our agents to be Grief Sensitive School ambassadors. And they provide a couple of things. One, increased knowledge, as you were just stating, increased awareness about childhood bereavement, really providing them what the impact of no support to a child that's grieving will have on that child's academic functioning in school. Two, it also informs them about the free resources that are available to school community because we did create something called grievingstudents.org, which provides free accessible information and tools for school communities, webinars, um, printed materials that they can order for free. And then the third thing that we do through our agents is really be that community resource, linking them to bereavement partners, linking them to other resources and tools that they can access, again, for free. Through our partnerships with many bereavement centers across the country, we're able to provide this in a very systematic way. And I thank my agents and our workforce for the great job that they are doing connecting with schools. We actually, um, as of last year, we have over 2,000 grief sensitive schools in the U.S. through our workforce. So I just want to I just want to clarify because this was a question that came up when we first saw this application. So your New York Life agents are going into schools to just kind of share resources. It's not like they're like suddenly some grief experts and they're like teaching students, but they're saying like, "Hey, here's some resources that are curated and researched and that we can share with you." Is that correct? Absolutely. You got it correct. Um, They're going in there really as just a champion for this issue, providing information. They're not going in as a bereavement expert. They're going in as really a friendly neighbor, community resource, and they're linking them to experts and curated information and validated programs. Because some schools, after seeing the Grief Census School presentation, which is only about 20 minutes, agree to do maybe a bereavement group in their um, school or refer them to the local bereavement center or have books from first book in their library for children to access when there is a death. So um, Keisha, with, was first book involved in the grief sensitive schools? Is the content, all the content that you ramped up, was that part of that material then? Uh, the grief sensitive schools initiative does utilize our resources. And as a matter of fact, one of the, the things that happens is that once a school completes, um, the training that Maria referred to, they are then able to get a selection of resources from first that book. can go directly to that. School. Got it. Got it. And then how yeah. much do you, Keisha, actually interact or does first book, I should say, actually interact with those New York life agents? Are you getting feedback from them? Like, is there any back and forth in terms of like, oh, this book is really great, but we could really use one for the kindergartners or, you know, whatever it is. Well, I will say that the the bulk of our feedback, um, I believe, comes primarily from the educators themselves. Got it. So they are generally part of our network. Um, and a big part of what we like to do is not only provide the resources, but also get feedback on the quality of those resources. We also just tend to, you know, get uh lovely notes from educators who have been able to use these resources because, you know, without a program like this, they really don't have access to this and they don't know where to go. Right. right. The first book resources, it's not just the books. Um, we work with first book to create a discussion guide that really helps facilitate that conversation around a book. That child can see themselves in that book 
and get lost in it and saying, you know what? They find resiliency and hope. So that resource is beyond just the book. It is really that discussion guide, which is three levels. And we provide that again for free to any Greek Census school or anyone that really visits the first book website. So there is the discussion guide in the toolkit that uh, Maria spoke to, and we basically use the process that um, we talked about earlier on that. Um, we also created a grief, loss, and healing section on the First Book Marketplace website at fbmarketplace.org. And so within that website, we have a very robust collection of books um, that are appropriate for children throughout that age range, all the way up to 18. Um, And these books have been curated to help students build resiliency, to offer comfort and validation, you know, that immersive quality uh, of books. Also to introduce coping techniques and also to help to guide conversations about grief and loss. Um, The other really important part of this is that in addition to creating that uh, marketplace, through our partnership with New York Life, we have been able to provide funding to First Book members that allow them to order these books for free um, or at a dramatically reduced cost. And so to date, we've distributed, I just pulled this number this morning, um, we've distributed more than 367,000 books. Oh my gosh. So this is really, you know, making a difference and it's reaching uh, a lot of students and educators. It's almost like you guys thought of everything together. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will say that working with, you know, working with New York Life has really um, challenged us to be better. They are always pushing to do more. Um, And this is definitely a situation where this is something that's very important to New York life. um, And it is very important to us as well. Um, So with that, we really are able to get things to, I think, a a fairly deep and meaningful level. And I think that's really a hallmark of a good partnership is that you challenge one another and are, you know, asking questions the other one's not thinking about and, you know, you know, asking the what's next and what, how do we change this and make it better? So, um, thank you for pointing that out, Keisha. Um, the other thing that sadly, uh, you have to also contend with as a child and educator in schools is just crisis. Like when something tragic happens and I'm thinking of like school shooting, I don't know how much you guys get into something like this, but, um, New York life also provides sort of immediate response resources when something like that happens, something tragic. So Maria, would you talk a little bit about the community care credits and your rapid response program? Absolutely. And this is where first book really shines. I have to say they're very proactive. So we have two programs. I'm going to start with the community care credits. It really is when a death occurs in that school or school community. Because we always think about, as you mentioned, mass shootings or school shootings, where a lot of resources come. Now we're thinking about what if that one child experienced the death of a loved one? We want to make sure that that school is equipped and has the resources. Again, free resources available to support that school and that child. So that is our community credits um, program. The second program is our rapid response. That is actually the school shooting. So if a school shooting or disaster happens in a school community, we actually deploy credits to that school community. Actually, First Book has reached out. If they have someone, let's say, what happened in Pittsburgh, they automatically reached out to their partners in the Pittsburgh area 
And they said, would you like this? Would you like these free resources? And that takes such courage, one, to reach out to a community that's in distress, but also proactively not making them find the resource. So I thought that was a really important part of our partnership. And the third, just recently, with COVID happening, schools were closing. And First Book, again, proactively reached out to us and saying, we want to get books in the hands of students that need it the most before they leave school or as they're leaving school, because there's a lot of drop-off, you know, pick-up lunch and grab-and-go programs. So we made sure that we funded that to provide those resources during COVID. Um, well, one thing we always like to talk about in Engage for Good are lessons learned. So Keisha, I wonder if you could start us off. What have you learned from this partnership? I think we've talked about a couple of those things already today, but anything you haven't mentioned yet, like what personally for you has just kind of taken you by surprise or challenged you or, you know, just helped you become a better partner? Um, the partnership has helped us to deepen our understanding of how we can better support our educators. Um, as I mentioned, the uh, working with and partnering with New York Life does challenge us to deepen and strengthen what we do. And with that, we have really been able to understand even more than we did before how um, critical being able to serve needs beyond the things that teachers were typically trained for, like math and science and social studies. Um, they were not trained in school to be social workers. Um, and so this has really made that very clear. The other thing um, in light of COVID is that we were not completely surprised to find that grief and trauma are educators' main concerns out of the COVID crisis. And this program actually has allowed us to be better prepared to support educators through this time. Without it, we would not have been as prepared. That's a really great point. I didn't think about that. So you're, you know, as an organization, you've probably had some traditional roles in serving educators, but through this partnership, you've had to become, you know, serve those educators in a more holistic way. And that's kind of helped you um, to deal with a crisis like COVID. Absolutely. Maria, how about you? What would you personally say that you've learned through this partnership? Or, you know, if you had to go back over all over and do this partnership all over again, what would you have done differently? I learned there's a great need. Like, not that I did know it, but just the magnitude of response through the First Book Network, as well as just schools in general. When we partner with First Book, we actually, as everyone, start small, seeing testing the waters. It was so positively received by school districts that we're entering our, our next round of grants with them because of just the sheer volume of support. And, and taking a nonprofit that traditionally is not in the bereavement space is actually a good thing because you have to go where children are. That's why we work in schools. Children are there most of their waking day, typically. Um, right? We're in COVID now. Camps. So you have to work outside of the bereavement space to reach kids and families that are experiencing loss. Because as we know from our research, I'm going to go back to our research, our research shows us that many adults who lost a parent as a child didn't know where to turn to, didn't have the support they needed, and couldn't talk about it. We are changing that vocabulary and that language through books 
through webinars, through support and tools that New York Life is investing in, but also partnering in, because I think that's the big difference, you know, with our partnership. I don't think I learned this, but I think it, it validates that being an active partner and going back and forth on where your strengths are and where someone else is bringing that together to really serve a bigger purpose is tremendous. And that is the benefit of working with First Book and other great organizations like First Book. New York Life is proud to partner in that way. So we are addressing as many children and families as we can. And you have to go outside of your comfort zone and think creatively. Fantastic. Well, Keisha and Maria, thank you both so, so much for sharing just a little bit more about this double Halo award-winning partnership. So really appreciate it. Keisha, if people want to learn a little bit more about um, First Book, how might they do that online? We're online at firstbook.org. Easy peasy. And how about you, Maria? Where can people learn more about New York Life online? (laughs) Also, newyorklifefoundation.org. Fantastic. And we will put that in the show notes, which you can find at engageforgood.com. Thank you both so, so much. And we will look forward to hearing more about your fantastic partnership moving forward. Thank you.